0: You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon, and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Um, and I believe that's uh, I believe that's a very good uh, thing to say. Either you are a missionary or you need a missionary, and as a child of God, I hope that you have seen and. It's one thing to see it, but then it's another thing to embrace the fact that uh, we have all been called to win souls, uh, to win other people and be called different things. Not everyone calls it soul winning, uh, but the Bible does say he that winneth souls is wise. And so that's the premise for the use of the term soul winning. But there is, uh, uh, I mean, man, if you have... uh, if you've never had the privilege of leading someone to Christ, that really ought to be uh, a goal of every child of God. Matter of fact, I think it ought to be a goal on a regular basis to lead someone to Christ. Um, and, you know, a lot of times the thing to encourage you into is, if it sounds like a lot of pressure to lead someone to Christ, a lot of times we're just kind of links in a chain that leads people to Christ. Uh, you know, normally that when a person gets saved, A lot of times they have, there's been several people along the way that have talked to them. Somebody that's prayed for them, someone that's witnessed to them. Uh, And often, I believe anyway, when we get to be the ones that actually lead that person to Christ, really we just got to be a part. We entered into other people's labors because other people had a part in it. But if you know Christ as your Savior, man, we've got a great, great privilege and a great responsibility to tell others about Jesus Christ to let other people know the joy of knowing Him, uh, what it means to know Him, and, you know, believing that the Lord, and that's what we've been looking at, is looking at some reasons for this, and what we looked at in particular was, I find it so interesting here in Jude, the fact that there's an emphasis on soul winning, an emphasis on soul winning in the last days, because this book was written, I believe, for the days that we're living in. It was written for the, the perilous times that would come. The book of Jude, of course, in, in the Bible precedes the book of Revelation, but the idea is that the, the book of Jude is dealing with things that would uh, precede the coming of the Lord. And I do believe the Lord's coming again soon. I really do. I don't know when He's coming, but I do believe He's coming again soon. And so the Lord knew the kind of days that we would be living in. He knew what was going to be going on in our country, in the world. He knew what was going to be going on in Washington, D.C., he knew about all of that, and yet he closes this book out encouraging the, the people of God to make a difference. And when you look at it in a big scheme of things, remember, even when, when, when the Lord Jesus walked this earth, it wasn't necessarily friendly toward you know, the spread of Christianity, to say the least. It wasn't friendly even toward Jews um, in that time, but still they got the job done. And the world, for, for, for most of history, mankind has not been friendly toward God or the people of God. But God's people have been faithful to spread the good news and to take a stand for the Lord. And when Christians would be persecuted, they would just go other places and spread uh, the gospel. And so I, I say that because it's interesting, and sometimes we can get so distracted by what's going on, being a soul winner doesn't seem like the most important thing to a lot of people today. But I'm telling you, it is still the priority of the child of God. If you know me, uh, you know that I, I believe in uh, standing for our country. If you know me, you know I believe and really encourage uh, I, us being salt and light. And I believe a part of us being salt and light as Christians, I believe it's a part of soul winning actually, is being a part of the process. We live in a country to where we're blessed to where Christians can run for office and get into office. We live in a country uh, to where uh, <laughs> that uh, we still have confidence in our in our uh, election systems, and we may have lost some of that last, you know, this past year. But but the fact of the matter is, we we still know that we have the opportunity to vote, and I believe that Christians. And by the way, if you if you want to know in the big scheme of things, what can you do besides just listening to podcasts and watching the news and getting worried and fussing about stuff? There's actually things that we can do to make a difference. And I believe that soul winning is a part of that. And as we soul win, that's what that's what's going to make a difference in our country. That's what changed the world. I I love the accusation in, in the book of Acts. There was a great, great accusation against the church. And that is that they were turning the world upside down. They they were accused of turning the world upside down, Uh, and and they they weren't saying that in a complimentary way, but they were doing it because they were going everywhere, telling people about Jesus. People were getting saved. It literally changed the world, and so uh, we we do that just being in the marketplace, so to speak, in in our houses, on our jobs, in our neighborhoods. Again, um, you know, talking about how to make a difference, I do believe it is in leading someone to Christ but sometimes it's easy for Christians to sit back and think, man, Washington really needs to get fixed. But what we can do that's even greater than that is Christians can run for the local school board. Christians can, uh, you know, try to be a part of city councils and things of that nature, get involved in the process. Those are some of the things that can help make a difference along the way as well, being salt and light along the way. I've 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 mentioned this several times since uh, coming back from a conference in North Carolina, but uh, I've been around Senator Brian Hughes uh, in previous years as well, just the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. But Senator Brian Hughes, he's the Texas senator that uh, wrote the the heartbeat bill there in Texas. But man, that dude, he is, uh, again, he's a Texas senator, but that guy is one fired up Christian. He loves the Lord. He loves souls. uh, There's uh, I, I, I've never heard him speak and address a crowd of people and give a speech to where he didn't give a very, very clear presentation of the gospel. Uh, and it's great having people in that. And so don't buy into the thing, oh, well, all politicians are crooked. Well, they don't have to be. There's a lot of politicians that are crooked. We understand there's a swamp in D.C., but they don't have to be crooked. And uh, but we, we So we can make a difference, but so, so on, on the broader sense, we can do it in our, in our homes, we can do it in our lives, we can do it in our communities, soul winning, making a difference. And so let's look at these verses one more time and we'll focus there on the last point that we have, that we introduced last week, but Jude, uh, Jude verse 17, the Bible says, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lust, these be they who separate themselves, sensual, not having the Spirit. Uh, Let's see, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. So when we consider these verses, we consider making a difference. And we've looked at a few things. we looked at an inward look, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. We looked at not only an inward look, but we also had an upward look, praying in the Holy Ghost. We need to be praying and an onward look. Uh, in other words, not getting distracted, but understanding that we can keep on going onward. And then lastly today, we need to have a uh, an outward look. And when I say an outward look, I think about the people that are around us, the people that we need to try to make a difference in their lives. And when we think about, making a difference, have compassion. And this morning, and, and have compassion, making a difference. And I guess I'll co- point out a couple things there, then try to give what I believe is one of the better examples of compassion and making a difference. Um, compassion, have compassion, an outward look, show kindness. Uh, you know, another word for kindness, especially in the Old Testament, when you read the word kindness, uh, that's the Old Testament word for grace, basically, kindness. Kindness. Uh, grace kindness empathy understand sharing the feelings of others showing an interest in people have compassion have a broken heart and again I shared with you I believe last week what I thought was a good statement where somebody said that compassion is putting your heart into someone else's heart Um, because what are some of the hindrances anyway to us winning people to Christ what are some of the hindrances to us sharing our faith with others and getting other people to come to Christ. What are some of the hindrances that we face in that? We don't care, we don't care a lot of times. We, 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 there, we don't have that compassion. Um, and I believe the reason we don't care is that we don't really take time to think about it. We can... It's, it's, a, it's a crazy world, isn't it? Uh, you know, just even you to bring social media and stuff into it. We are like so connected today... And also the most disconnected it feels like we've ever been as far as from neighbors, uh, from people that are actually around us. Uh, we get very self-absorbed uh, in 2021, and it, it's easy to just not care. You just don't take time to care. Uh, what, what are some of the other uh, hindrances, uh, Nelly? Fear, yeah. I'm, 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 there's, there's a message I'm going to be bringing on uh, fear uh, here soon. And it's going to be in regards to uh, a fear in general, but uh, if, you, if you want to get a head start on me, go to the book of John and look at all the times the Bible speaks about the fear of the Jews, uh, and Jesus will mention that. I want to bring that out in particular, but yeah, fear is a big thing. Um, now, now what, explain what, what what's... The, What's some examples of fear? What it does does it mean that we're trembling in our boots when it comes to sharing our faith or what what do we mean when when Nelly says that fear is a hindrance to us t- telling other people about Christ, Matt? Um, I think it'd be more along the lines of being self conscious that maybe we don't know enough or also having that fear of pleasing man rather than pleasing God. Absolutely. Those are two that v- very good, yeah. rejection. Uh, yeah, rejection. Who likes being rejected? There's some, there's some personalities in here, uh, you know, and th- that, that literally, that doesn't really play into their minds too much. Uh, but there's others uh, of us that don't want to be rejected. You, you know, e- that can even come to just flat out inviting people to church. What if they say no? <laughs> like, you know, um, okay, <laughs> they say no. You, you try to put things in perspective, but that's right. So that's another uh, illustration of that fear. Uh, what's some other fears that, that may, or, or think, or any, but I guess I'll just stay on that just from any other fears about, uh, yeah, Ron. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, th- I think all these come into play. Uh, we got to overcome these things that we really do. We got to, we've got to put these things into perspective and not use our fear, uh, as an excuse. Uh, I had to write something at the top of my, uh, prayer list, see if I can, uh, Uh, And and just because it helped me, and it was basically saying, uh, don't use your limitations as an excuse not to serve God. Don't use your limitations as an excuse. Uh, I I wrote that at the top of my prayer list just because I need to be reminded of that. Because some of these things, it is a fear and limitation, my knowledge, uh, maybe my confidence, uh, whatever it might be. But uh, there, there's a great fear. But man, may God help us to overcome that. I, I'm going to share this little uh, story with you. Uh, when I, was, I went to, I stopped in Target the other day, which I don't do very often, uh, so don't judge me, unless, but, I, but I was in Target, and uh, as I was uh, there, there was a fella in line behind me. Well, actually, he let me go ahead of him. I just had one thing, and he was letting me go ahead, uh, and he was a guy that's probably in his mid, mid to late 20s. Uh, uh, bigger guy. We're alive, aren't we? Um, but basically, he didn't seem like the type of guy that would be too warm and receptive to a gospel track or me talking to him about the Lord. Um, he honestly seemed like maybe, uh, the fact of me being alive right now, I'm just trying to th- choose my words wisely. Um, I'll just, I-, I could tell you more uh, off air, so to speak, but Basically, it just didn't seem like the type of guy, the, a millennial, maybe fitting some of the other characteristics of the, this day and age and this millennial kid, and, uh, but the Lord just, there again, I'm just, I just grab some tracks when I get out of my truck and go, go someplace and, and I'm in there and it's just like the Lord's nudging my heart, why don't you give him a track? And I'm just thinking, well, he'll probably, you know, he might crumple it up and throw it in the floor or he might, you know, there's no telling, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would be very receptive to a track because obviously I can just look at someone and know that they wouldn't be interested in Christ, right? Um, and I'm being facetious with that comment. But, uh, but finally, I was like, you know what? And RBU led. he's a preacher, uh, he's from Michigan, I believe, but uh, I heard him say something the other day, and I have been using this. I've been using this when I give people a track, and I'm, I'm, I can't believe how well it works. And, and, and I used his, I borrowed something that he's been doing, and here's what it is. Uh, finally, I turned to that guy, and uh, I, said, I said, has anybody told you God loves you today? <laughs> well, no, they haven't, but thank you for that. I mean, it just made his day, uh, and I'm talking about the guy that I thought would be maybe hostile, honestly, toward me sp- mentioning something about God or church or something. Has anybody told you God loves you today? Well, I know they haven't, you know, and, uh, and he took the track, and he was interested, and I said, right there on the back, it can tell you, it tells you all about God's love and how you can know Him, and would love to invite you to Elk Point Baptist Church and so forth. Uh, but I struggled with fear there initially. Uh, Ralph? Maybe. You can ask it, I might not answer it. Good to see Ralph back, by the way. yes yeah that's a good question ralph's asking why would i think if he was such a kind person let me go in front of him you know just uh yeah just the way he looked i understood that he was i didn't think i wasn't worried about the guy beating me down i don't want you to get that impression it was more of a uh I'll just say this, he's the type of guy, we're still alive, I hope, I hope you're watching, man, uh, but it just seemed like maybe he would be at some rally or something that, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I just didn't anticipate it, I don't know why, that, that didn't factor into my thinking, no, it didn't, Ralph, but the point is, is that I had some fear there that was pretty dumb to have that fear, and by the grace of God, I overcame that fear, handed the man a track, told him God loves him, asked him if God loves him, and I'm telling you, I, I can't believe the icebreaker. I've been using that for the last couple of weeks, and it's just amazing—the icebreaker and the door that opens up. Yes, Don. Yeah, yeah. So he had manners, but I didn't take it as it didn't. Still, you could have manners, yeah. But so that would be that. But. Uh so that's fear. Any other th- any other thoughts are on, on the topic of fear? Uh th- yeah, Doria. Well, like that no way that Yeah. yeah yeah no doubt about it. I mean, I, I think that's very true. Um, yeah, Nelly. yeah anybody else family that's that, you know sometimes yeah I think a lot of us are that way because even even with that I can I can definitely feel that same way to where I can have some fear with a stranger but uh, with family it can be even more uh, in different ways um, so it's amazing how much that is and it then it encouraged me because that's so so again, it's not going to be next week because next week's Bring a Friend Sunday or Harvest Sunday. And I hope you've invited or tried to invite at least five people uh, to, to that to come be your friend. Uh, we're going to be uh, giving away a prize to... I think we're giving away a, a two prizes to the, top, the people that bring the... the top two that bring the most amount of visitors. But uh, So anyway going to be a great time, so I'm not going to preach that message next Sunday because I'm going to preach about a a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, Uh, preach about the friend that Jesus is, but then maybe next week I'll be preaching a little bit about that fear and we can address some of those things, and I think honestly, us just being able to talk about it like this, hopefully we can encourage one another a little bit, because I don't know about you, but sometimes, for one thing, I'm kind of embarrassed, especially being the pastor, to get up here and even admit it, uh, that there's times that I let fear get into my mind and my heart, Um, but... I do, and, uh, but, but I hope that when we say it out loud, we realize how one thing about fear is it's almost always illogical, isn't it? It doesn't, it doesn't always add up, and that's kind of how these things are. Um, what I try to tell myself, Nellie, you know, just for instance, oh, I would hate to say something to my family, them not want to be around me, and then I try to tell myself, yeah, but if I don't say something to them, they might not be around me for all eternity, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, like, that, that somebody's going to think I'm weird or something, but it's like, yeah, but they might come to Christ. They might get saved. Um, so fear, but, but again, it's not just those kind of fears. Sometimes it is a fear. Uh, and one thing I've really tried to encourage you on, if it's a fear of somebody asking you a question you can't answer, uh, there is no harm in just saying, I, I, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, and, uh, and, and depending on your relationship with the person, you might be able to say, you know, if you know, if you have, if you know them, you might be able to say, I don't know the answer to that, but, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'll try to find the answer to you, then I'll get back with you next week or in a couple of days. And that might give you an opportunity. But see, a lot of that is just effort. You know, are we willing to come and say, you know, to, to, to somebody in the church or just go study it independently and say, Pastor, uh, this question came up and I wasn't sure how to answer it. Uh, what do I need to say to this person? But one of the big things I say, anytime you're trying to talk to somebody about Christ and they try to get you going a different way, uh, just try to get them to keep going back to the cross. Just say, I'm not sure about that. Uh, but what I am sure about is that Jesus Christ died for our sins. He rose again the third day. Um, so fear can be a hindrance. Not caring, having fear. Um, why do we care what people think about us anyway? Why do I care what a cashier thinks about me? You ever, you ever want DJ? You want to be accepted? You know, I mean, and and we do. But man, but here's the cool thing: start making the effort, and what you'll find out is it's amazing how how many people are receptive to hearing the gospel. As much fear as I may battle with sometimes. I don't know the last time somebody's been hostile to me or shut me down or out and out uh, rejected me. Now, not to say that it doesn't happen or it may not happen, but the point is, most of the time, and again, I want to encourage you to try, and again, that's even hard to say, isn't it? Because, again, you want to be accepted, maybe you want to be the cool guy or the cool girl, and you you hand somebody a track and say, hey, has anybody told you that God loves you today? They're going to think, oh, they're going to think you're some weirdo, Uh, but... Yeah, but but man, it's crazy. The times I've done that so far, uh, I don't think I've said that to one person to where their face didn't light up, uh, and, and and it's just been such a cool thing. So, uh, any other things besides not caring or being fearful? DJ, pride. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Prejudice, judgmentalness, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah. I Don't wanna uh I don't want that guy coming to church anyway, you know. Um whatever the case may be. That that's that's a good point. I mean, uh we I don't encounter too many people while I'm in Elk Point that are immigrants, uh, but if I'm in Sioux City or Sioux Falls, there's a lot of immigrants there. Uh And almost every immigrant you see, almost every, uh, especially a lot of the African immigrants, they almost all look Muslim from our perspective. Uh, I say that because I have gone to a church with uh, African immigrants in the church of people that are born-again Christians, and if I saw them out in public, I'd probably think they were Mormon. They don't have head wraps and all that, but they did have head coverings uh, just wearing over their head and all that. And I would think, and there they are, born-again Christian. But regardless of that, You know, I told you this recently. Just blows my mind that the two people groups that are coming to Christ in vast numbers uh, are Chinese, and that's actually within China, and Muslims coming to Christ. I mean, just uh, out out of any other people groups, those. So, but but there can be a prejudice. You know, you can see somebody like that and. You see some Muslim lady out in the store, and you somehow equate her with Al-Qaeda or something. Uh, she's just someone that needs Christ. And, and by the way, just an interesting thing so you can understand about Islam, uh, the, the, most of the people that practice Islam in the world are not terrorists. Islam, there's two basic schools of thought within Islam. Both of them have a belief that ultimately Islam will be the religion of the world. Okay, most Muslims believe one day, someday that'll just happen. It's almost like you how most you know how many people how many people in the world think they're Christians there or say that they're Christians. You know, I mean, uh, you got uh, the, the current president of the United States and Pelosi and all these people, Chuck Schumer, they all uh, wear that label, don't they? Uh, well, do, do, do they represent biblical Christianity to the world? Uh, well, I certainly hope not. And it's the same way with Muslims. But most Muslims, and especially many of the Muslims that are in America, they are here for a reason. Uh, and I don't mean... Uh, <laughs> I said most, they're not here to cause terror, they're here seeking a better life, they're here because they want to live in America, and many of them therefore are open to what makes America great, they're open to these things, that's why some of them are getting saved, but yeah, that's a great point, DJ, pride, prejudice, Um, you know what I was thinking about as I was talking about this, uh, how many of you struggle because, how many of you struggle just thinking that this person's, this person is just not going to be interested, right, They're not interested. Um, I, I don't know if they care. I don't, you know, I don't know. It's almost like we might not put it this way, but it's almost as if we doubt that God would save this person. The reason we do that is that we look at that person instead of looking at God. And we look at that person and we forget that that individual is somebody for whom Christ died. And you under, if we could just get this perspective. I believe that in God's providence, here you are. Standing, working, living, whatever it may be, by this person. God Almighty has placed you in their lives so that they can hear about Him. Because if you think about it, I, I, I try to think about this a lot. Sometimes I, think, I try to think about some of the people in, that's even in our church right now. People, just, some of, just some of the greatest Christians, people that love to serve the Lord in our church right now. If you had known them before they got saved and worked with them, or they lived in your neighborhood, or they were a family member, you would have, you would, they would have been those people you would have thought. he doesn't, He's not going to be interested in this. He's not going to care about this. He doesn't want to hear about the gospel. But man, by the grace of God, somebody needs to just love somebody enough and have compassion to say, man, you know God loves you. Uh, I remember there was a cool guy at work. And by the way, uh, it's funny the people that there's different people that you can uh, worry about witnessing to. But I remember there's a guy at work, and he was more of a hipster guy. And uh, man, the Lord had just really laid on my heart to witness to him and, uh, and, and out of fear, I kind of kept putting it off, and I kept thinking, man, me and, me and this guy are cool. I'll just call him Dan, because it wasn't Dan, but uh, me and Dan are just so cool, and uh, he's just such a cool hipster guy. And I had talked to him about the Lord before, and I, I had witnessed to him before. Uh, I remember what it was specifically. Uh, the Lord laid on my heart, this is what it was, because I had witnessed to, 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 to Dan before, and as I'm talking to him, uh, we, had, we had a great conversation and, and whatever, but this particular day, God just laid something on my heart that I just couldn't get out of my heart and my head, and it was the, the Lord just saying to me, you need to, you need to go tell Josh, Jesus loves you. And I'm thinking, well, that sounds like a weird thing to go say to somebody. And, and I was struggling with it throughout the day, like, uh, but then all of a sudden, I just rolled up and... And uh, here's Josh, and Josh, he, oh darn it, I said his real name, but he was, he was, uh, he was uh, just, just a hip guy, and cool guy, and also he could be very, uh, like, dismissive guy too, but, uh, but I just remember, I, I just, I rode over to where, he's, and this is what I've done so many times, there's times that I have resisted the Lord speaking to me, and I hate to admit that, and then finally when I do, I do it even more <laughs> crazy-like. Uh, you know because then I just I just rode my uh, whatever piece of equipment I was on that day and I just rode it just right up there to where Josh was working and I said Josh this may sound crazy man but I believe the Lord wants me to tell you that Jesus loves you and I had no idea what his reaction would be but he, he but you know what he did he teared up he was like man I don't think that's weird at all I'm like well, praise God, <laughs> We just need to start fought, listen to the Holy Spirit of God. Believe. I mean, I, I try to think about the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul was not the guy that Christians looked at and said, "Oh man, I'd love to get the opportunity to share the gospel with that guy." When Paul got saved, people didn't even want him in the church because they thought he was. He, they they didn't believe that he was really saved, and he thought that they thought he was just there spying on them. They didn't even, they, they wouldn't even go shake Paul's hand. I don't want Paul to know who I am because he's going to tell the authorities and then they're going to come get us. That's how Paul was received. I mean, C.S. Lewis. I mean, I think, I think of just so many people that were hostile that, that you would think, I don't want to but somebody needs to care enough. Somebody has needs to have enough compassion. I mean, if you're saved, are you glad you're saved? I mean, are you glad that, man, your sins are forgiven, you're on your way to heaven, the Lord's blessed you, maybe your family's saved, and you get to worship together? Uh, Man, wouldn't you like for that person in your life to be able to share that same thing? Wouldn't you like for that person you know, yeah, I know they're tough and foul-mouthed and whatever else, I know that they cuss God, but you know what? Maybe they just need somebody to love them. So I was thinking one of the things that can keep us sometimes from witnessing to people, but the compassion part is trying to put ourselves into their shoes. Uh, I, 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 I try to do this sometimes. I, I think I, when, when I look at somebody, and maybe it's hard for me to put myself into their shoes. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's an older lady or something, and it's hard for me to put myself in her shoes. But I'll, I'll do this sometimes. I'll be like, what if that was my aunt so-and-so? Because I've got an aunt somewhere that I'm praying for, that I'm praying to get saved. And, uh, and this dawned on me not too long ago. And it was a, a, a lady that, uh, that, that Caitlin's met before that I worked with. And, uh, and I was just witnessing to her and talking to her. And again, she is, she is definitely one that you would not think would be too receptive to the gospel, and quite honestly, hasn't been all that receptive to the gospel. But still, I've been able to talk to her and, 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 and I'm and, and I've got a friendship with her and everything. But just as I was talking to her one day, she said, yes, yeah, she said, my uh, she she began to share that she had an uncle that was a preacher out in the Northwest. And I'm like, really? She was like, yeah. He's even wrote a couple books and blah, blah, blah. And she began to tell me about her uncle, her preacher uncle. And I began to realize this preacher uncle. Was a born again Christian. And she said, Yeah, he comes and visits at least once a year. And he always comes, tries to talk to me. And he always tries to get me to go to church. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at this woman that, you know, I would just, if you knew her, you'd think she'd just assume slap me, then look at me. And then I'm thinking, Man, there's an uncle somewhere praying for her. And you know what dawned on me? I'm a part of the answer to his prayer. I've got nephews I'm praying for right now in North Carolina. I don't get to witness to them very often at all. But they work with somebody. And you know what? They probably work with a Christian. Do you know that that person you know probably has somebody in their life that's praying for them? And you're the answer to their prayer? And I try to think, I try to think of it that way. How would I want somebody to treat my nephew? I even do that with annoying people. Did you know that? Anybody got somebody annoying in their family? Don't look, up, don't look to the right or left too quickly. Yeah, you got somebody annoying in your family? You know what I try to think about? I try to think that, okay, yeah, this person I work with is annoying. And, you know, to DJ's point, I don't like them very much. Uh, but then I try to think, man, but, you know, my, my, my grandpa's kind of annoying too. But I sure hope somebody will overcome that enough to talk to him about the Lord so, I believe compassion, you try to put your heart into their heart. Imagine what it would be like to be them. You try to imagine maybe a loved one uh, in that situation. Um, things that keep us from, whatever it is that keeps us from witnessing to people, compassion will overcome it. That's the point. Of some, have compassion. Have compassion. Have compassion. And ask God, and you, this is intentional. It's an intentional thing. We've got to intentionally imagine you, you want to know the way I prayed for my mom before she got saved? Uh, my mom wasn't saved. And this may sound, it may sound however it sounds, but I would literally try to envision my lovely mother in the lake of fire. I would try to envision that. Uh... I'm, you know, I, I know Jen does this same thing. I, I, sometimes I'll draw in connection with my devotions and prayers and things like that. And I would literally draw flames. And I would try, and I would draw a depiction because that's where she's going. Who's going to do something about it? And I would pray, and I, and, and, and it would just burden my heart. You say, preacher, that's awful. It's, it's more awful than that. The fact that my mom was lost and on her way to hell, my, my lovely, uh, sweet mother lost on her way to hell. And uh, that's the way I prayed. And, and have you ever prayed like that? You ever think about that that, that? that Not only, I mean, there's so much that we could say here, because I skipped way ahead to the lake of fire and eternity. But do you really, can, can you even imagine what's going on behind the doors in your neighborhood? the hurting hearts, the empty souls, the pain, the absolute hopelessness, absolute loneliness. It's there. And we have the answer. We have the answer. I prayed for my mom and prayed for my mom. And Uh, finally, to God be the glory, I've told you before, my mom got saved, amen? And what a wonderful day that was, and I rejoice in it to this day. And I'm not saying it's because uh, all because I prayed and all because I pictured her in the lake of fire, but I'm telling you what, I believe it's a large part of it. Pray, try to put yourself in their position. And I'll say this, I mentioned this before, Uh, as Christians we have tough times, don't we? We have tough times as Christians. You know, we struggle with the same things the world struggles with, except we have Christ. Now imagine if we didn't have Christ. I'd hate to think the shape I would be in. I remember what it was like not to have Christ, but somebody needs to love these people. And here's something I want to challenge you to do. I've challenged you on... Next Sunday, Bring a Friend Sunday or Harvest Sunday, we're having soup and chili after the service, but uh, we're going to be kicking off uh, in in full swing. We're going to have our visitor table set up, be giving out gift bags and stuff like that. Really looking forward to it, but uh, I've, I've encouraged you to try to invite at least five people to that, and I've told you what i do. It might be a little cheesy, but I've done this already to a couple people. I've gone up to them, and I was like, DJ, listen, man, uh... I'm going to need a friend on November 7th. What do you got going on? Well, we've got bring a friend Sunday at church, and I want you to come be my friend. I need need you to come be my friend on November 7th. Uh, He said, Preacher, does that work? We'll find out November 7th. But at least I'm trying, amen? But try to invite at least five, and you don't have to do it that way, but try to invite at least five people. And it's so cool because, just like I was telling somebody before the service, they said, uh, they said to me, uh, I was talking about Polaris, and I was at Polaris yesterday, and, uh, and a sweet lady at work, she just said, you know, she said, I've been, I've been talking to my husband about coming to church. And, uh, and I said, well, you know what? I said, on November 7th, we're having bring a friend. That would be a good time to come. But here's the thing, five people, invite five people, but here's what I'm going to add to that when I'm talking about being intentional, Coming back to this whole thing of soul winning, I hope that you I want you, I want to challenge you to try to actually write down the names of about 10 people you know. Some of you may blow past that, some of you may get to six or seven and start uh struggling. But write down the names of ten people that you know that you know need Jesus. And that's called a prospect list because it's prospective people who need Christ who may get saved. Write those ten names down and every single day pray over those specific ten names. Look at those ten names. And you know what? As you do that, it, it, it may enter into your heart just to send them a little text. Maybe call them. Maybe send them a letter. Maybe try to have lunch with them. Be a friend. See, soul winning, we've got the wrong idea sometimes about soul winning. Man, soul winning, you, you look at so much of what Jesus did, so much of his soul winning was relational. And I think that we miss out when we forget the relational part of soul winning. Now, that's not to say that, you know, there's some people who just preach a lifestyle evangelism. You just live, live good enough, be sweet enough, and man, lo and behold, they'll get saved. Well, that's not the way it works. We ought to do that, but it's, it's a combination of the two. It is a lifestyle evangelism along with a verbal evangelism. We do both. Uh, we let people know that we care about them. We are interested in them. We care about their souls. Um, but you write down 10 people, and then what that'll do is it'll help you to develop compassion for them because you'll stop and think about it. Man, you know, so-and-so does need to get saved. And, 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 and you can just be honest and say, I struggle with the thought of telling them. I struggle with the thought of telling anybody about Christ. But Lord, if you'll help me, and that was one of the good good pieces of advice. I talked about the blessing of being discipled after I got saved. One of the good pieces of advice I was given when I was discipled after I got saved As I was told, and I believe it was Ed Ledford that gave me this advice, he said, said, pray every day for God to open up a door for you to tell somebody about Jesus. In other words, give you the opportunity. And if you pray that in the morning, guess what happens? You start looking for it through the day. Then all of a sudden, you're just going through the course of your day, and you're like, oh, I think this is it. I think this is it. Uh, And then you look and and you take advantage. And I'm not saying you just wait around passively all the time. But you're actively looking for an opportunity to make a prospect list. Um, Have compassion. Think about the needs of that person. They may not act like. Now, here's the thing. The thing with people sometimes is they don't act like they need Jesus. They don't act like they want Jesus. But do they need Jesus? And deep down, do they want Jesus? They do. They just don't know it. They don't want church. They don't want religion. And by the way, you can agree with them on all that. But you can say, but do you know Jesus? Do you know Him? So uh, any other hindrances or any other thoughts in general? I've uh, lost track of time here. i got to watch them. That might help. Um, any other thoughts on soul winning, challenges to soul winning? Maybe you could have some encouragements to... Or advice on how what helps you to be compassionate, Doria? Well, have a Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a great question because I've encountered that many times because especially, you know, I'm trying to make the point that Catholicism will not get you to heaven, right? I'm trying to emphasize that because I know they're trusting in this. Uh, And you know that in their mind, they're like, well, wait a second. Granny was Catholic. Is is, is she in heaven? You You know what I say to that? Give me a second to see if I can get exactly, but I actually have an exact thing I say to that. Uh, or a, at least a, a general thing I say to that, and I'm just and I know, you know what I say something that's very true. I don't know. I don't know. I, and, and you know what else I'll say because it's also true. It's possible. They may be. Uh, and you say, well, yeah, but if they this and that, yeah, but I don't know all of that, so I, I don't know it. So I I don't know. So. I, uh, quite honestly, kind of dance around it a little bit, but because I don't know, and, and, I, and, and for the most part, I'm not saying there might not be an opportunity, but for the most part, I don't really want to talk about that, because I want to talk, I, w- I want to deal with this living person, um, because there may be instances, I mean, Lisa was a close friend, there may be a close friend where you know there may be a benefit to saying well hey listen i'm just going to be honest with you if your mom you know believed a b and c she's absolutely not in heaven but in most cases the way i deal with it is like uh i i I don't know i was like i said i said she may be i said but uh but i'll tell you this if she is or (laughs) you know one thing she wants to make sure for you is that you know christ uh I don't know if granted knew Jesus or not. It doesn't sound like she did, but I don't know. And I just don't f so I try my best to get it right back to that conversation. Does that help at all? But so what I told her, and you know, I used this one other person that I that I don't I said that, I don't know what she say based on if she's a really solid and early wage pay that. Yeah. So I don't know that, but I said, you know one thing. If you are not safe, you will never see her again. Yeah. So the only chance of you ever seeing her is if you got saved. Amen. And that was kind of. She thought about that, and then she got saved a couple of days later. Wow. Yeah, yeah, because I do try to say, I don't know, but, blah, 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 but that's wise because, to me, I'm not saying that that's not a sincere question, because I believe it is a sincere question, but I believe that even when people are asking sincere questions, whether it's intentional or not, I I believe it can almost be a defense mechanism, whether it's, I believe it can be sincere and still trying to get off of topic a little bit. And what Doria did right there, and is what I try to do right there, is address it fairly quickly, uh, and then get back to, but this person wants to make sure, because the thing that you don't want to do is don't get too caught up in a lot of, and and it depends on the person. I was mentioning the guy that I worked with, and I've already said his name, Josh, for instance. Uh, He's like, he said, so you're a preacher, you know, or I can't remember how the conversation started. I said, yeah. And we started talking, and he said, well, I kind of believe in, and he just mentioned some, you know, off-the-wall religion, type, you know, new-agey type thing or something. I'm like, oh, and just out of curiosity, so I'm just like, I said, so uh, what, what do you believe about the origins of uh, man? What do you believe about, and as soon as I, and I was trying to ask him serious questions because I, I, I did want to get into a dialogue with him, uh, but then he kind of actually laughed and basically admitted that he had just read about this online and thought it sounded cool and was identifying with it. Uh, So there's times that you can. I mean, I will try to engage. I'm I'm looking at Kurt back there, and I know that uh, Kurt's uh, you know, the type of guy, and he's knowledgeable on a lot of these things, so he can get in a conversation, but still be talking about these things, trying to lead people back to Christ. And and that's great to do if we can do it, but it's just the goal is always getting them to the cross, getting them to the cross, getting them to the cross. Uh, And along the ways, if you could just look at it as like, Uh, you know, some kind of deflector shield. When you're trying to witness to somebody, there's going to be all kinds of things come up that try to get you off topic. And you just got to like, nope, not doing that, not doing that. You just got to try to find ways to deal with them uh, with still trying your best to get back on topic. And there's times that maybe there's something legitimately that you have to dig in and address because it really is is stumping them. Um, But uh, usually, I think just getting back to them, their relationship with Christ, where they stand, is vital. Yes, uh, Jen. Dialogue, but it's, you know, I'm writing like embarrassed or whatever it is that's causing the question that I should do this, and I just, um, real quickly I'm remembering like what the word is for me, and this is the least I can do for me. Right. amen yeah i think that's great and that's uh that's that's getting the that's bringing every thought into captivity is what it's doing it's, it's arresting one thought and replacing it with another that's and that's that's a very good point uh there i think it's a, a pretty good point to close out on this morning uh bottom line man just uh have compassion make a difference tell tell somebody. Pray, pray God will help you. If you, if, if you can't do nothing else, pray God will help you tell somebody else about Jesus. Uh, write, make a list. Make a list and see if God doesn't begin to work in your heart and in their hearts, and you'd be able to uh, bring this person to Christ. Um, I'll tell you one, one other little quick thing that I thought of, and this was a part of my discipleship as well. Uh, one of the tougher things, too, I think this happens with family a lot, too, but uh, I remember one of the, one little piece of advice that helped me as far as on on jobs and different things like that is uh, I was told again this was by Ed Ledford he was a great soul winner he's in heaven now but he said he said Jesse he had a great voice but he said he said try to he said he said every convers he said if, when you meet somebody for the first time he said try to find a way to almost establish right then or at least get in their minds that you may be a Christian because when you do that he said it makes it easier. So he would just say something like, just just something as simple as, uh, you know, how are you doing? Oh, man, the Lord's been good to me. Just, just something like that to where at least it gets in their minds to where now it's not going to be like, oh, man, I've already talked to them five or six times. They don't know I'm a Christian. It's going to be weird when all of a sudden I start talking about Christ to them. But he just said somehow try to establish at the start of a relationship or start of meeting someone to get in their minds. And he said it'll make it easier. And I found that to be the case, too. That's not a good place to end. It was just a tidbit that came to my mind, but Jen's was a good place to end, and that is on, you know, whenever we start having those doubts and that argument in our mind to remind ourselves what well, Jesus was ridiculed. Jesus, Look what Jesus did for me. He can do the same for them, and uh, so amen. By the way, Jen, and I'm, and I'm encouraged a couple others to do it too, man, we were trying to get some stuff together with some pictures, and all the we were having to go back to storefront pictures. Uh, we were having to go back to when we very first started. So, uh especially for what we do, uh, with our online stuff and everything, I'm really, uh, I told Jen and others, man, it's just like, t- take pictures, uh, so that we can, uh, uh, share those, use those, but I'll probably, I'll try to remember to say this later, uh, if for some reason you don't want to be in a picture, and I'm talking about as a conviction type reason, not conviction, conviction, like it's going to take your soul or something, but like, uh, you know maybe some people have kids and they don't want their kids in a picture be sure to communicate that to us uh and we'll certainly uh respect that and you know and, and we, we could take your face out and like crop in a cooler person anyway or something and so uh <laughs> totally key i'll put elvis there yeah no kurt okay so avoid kurt uh yeah uh but uh anyway but 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 i am joke i'm I'm joking about the replacement but seriously i i want to respect that uh you know some people would uh rather not do that okay so we'll, we'll remember that jen on kurt and uh okay and uh all right um well let's see i think we'll uh close with that let's close with a word of prayer uh why don't we Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege to be here. God, I'm glad somebody told me about Jesus one day, and I just pray that you'll help me to be faithful, to tell others, to love others. Help me to have compassion, God, because I can get self-centered. I can, uh, you know, forget about the needs of others. Uh, I just want to be a part of bringing somebody to Christ. And we talk about soul winning, and it's not that we always get to be the person that, that leads them, but God, just help us to... Be faithful uh, to make an attempt. Be faithful to pray. Be faithful to witness, Lord, and try to even invite people to church. And we'll thank you for that in Jesus' name, Amen. By the way, for my hospitality, people, I apologize. Melanie was she's not feeling good. She had some stuff that she's going to do to help me get the bags completed.